Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. It's Rich Birch from the Unseminary Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, this is the podcast where we try to provide just real practical help for church leaders. And uh, today, it's our pr- tr- privilege. It's my privilege to have Rob Cizik on the phone. Super excited to have him. He's from the North uh, North Shore Community Church. Christian church. I'm sorry. He's Christian, not community. Uh, so, so glad to have We're you, Rob. We're both, actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Rob, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, well, it's great to be here, Rich, and hello to everybody out on the podcast. Glad to be here. Rob's one of those guys that I just love following online. It's I just counted a privilege today that we get a chance to kind of sit down and chat a little bit. Um, he's a fantastic guy. We'll give you some ways for you to get in touch with him a little later in the show, but I really do think he should be on your list of people uh, that you're following. So, so Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about North Shore? Tell us about your church, your context, your, your ministry. Uh, well, I feel very uh, blessed to be part of our organization. Uh, North Shore is a church of about 1,500 and a school of 1,000 students uh, during the week uh, here in the Seattle area. Uh, we have a beautiful campus that overlooks Puget Sound, and uh, God's doing some, some great things here in the, the Northwest. As, as many of you know, it's, a, uh, it's not the South in terms of Christian culture. Um, it, it can be a little bit challenging, and uh, it's been great to, to see God at, at work up here. Very cool. Now, um, today we're going to talk about conflict resolution and kind of being conflict avoidant, um, which I know I think a lot of us can struggle with. In fact, just this week I was walking um, one of my leaders through a situation where, you know, I said to them, I was like, listen, we avoided some pain back in April and that pain came to roost here in July. (laughs) Um, because we, you know, we should have made a tough call back then and we made what was a, um, Hey, let's just try to keep everybody moving along. And it festered until this point. Um, and it, it kind of all blew up all over us this week. And so, so when I knew that this interview was coming up, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I got my notepad ready. I'm looking forward <laughs> to, to learn from Rob today. Uh, cause I think you're, you know, an expert in this. Let's, let's talk about it. Why is it, do you think that church leaders, uh, are just, they can be conflict avoidant? Well, I, I think it, it gets to, to two things, really. Uh, one is uh, just just the whole vibe of, of church and the way many of us were raised. And uh, well, I can't speak to everybody's church experience, but I know on my own that the whole idea of going to church was we would we, we'd literally put on our Sunday best clothes. We'd, <laughs> right. we'd, we'd shine up the car. Right. We'd put on our best behavior. Huh. And we're just so nice to each other, you know, because we love Christ. And we want to love other people, and of course, then then we're going to be nicer than everybody else, right? right. So I think you have this whole facade <laughs> wow. of nice uh, right. that 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 a lot of people have have been exposed to, um, and I, I I think that that in in some ways is where it starts. But hmm. where I really became aware of this personally was was it's an East Coast West Coast thing. I was born on the West Coast. I was in Southern California. Uh, and, and everybody was so nice. They're, they're so casual, uh, just easy going, never a problem, you know, just, just this, this whole vibe. Um, but what would end up happening was when there was a problem, you just kind of stuffed it down and bit your 
tongue. Mm. You know, maybe you know, nobody would ever come to your face and say, hey, there's, there's a problem here. They might cut you up in the parking lot behind your back. Right. But they, they wouldn't come, come uh, you know, to your face. So you kind of kept this, this nice facade of, of nice. Well, I got a job on the East Coast. And I moved to the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, was that an experience. Indirectness. All right. right. I, I, I might as well have, that plane that might as well have landed in a foreign country as right. far as it being a, a cultural difference. And, and I got on the job, and, and almost immediately I felt like nobody liked me. Right. They were coming at me. They were telling me about these problems. They were telling me what I was doing wrong. I'm like, oh, man, I'm just not, not doing well here. And after about a year... I came to the conclusion, I realized a couple of things. One, they did like me. Right. Uh, it's just that they were being direct with me. Right. And they were telling me the things that I needed to hear. Um, and I also realized that on the East Coast in general, I always knew where I stood with people. Right. And as soon as I realized that, I'm like, oh, people do like me. They're being direct with me. And then I had this realization, oh, my gosh, the, the air is really clear mm -hmm. around here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love this East Coast thing because we're not carrying around all these offenses and all this baggage and that thing you said about me three years ago. I'm still holding right. on to it. Oh, you know, uh, I mean, the, the East Coast was like a, a graduate school in, in being direct. And I'm so grateful that I had that that experience in, in my life. And, and since having moved back to the West Coast, I, I can I can definitely confirm that style difference is, is still uh, alive and well. That's amazing. So, you know, I, it's funny being in New Jersey uh, or in Jersey, as they call it around here. Um, you know, I can see that, you know, that there's almost like a pride in this part of the world of like, I am just going to put it all out there. I'm going to be right in your face uh, with what's going on, which it can be. We've struggled with people who have come from other parts of the country because um, they don't get it. They don't understand that. And they can feel really hurt um, as opposed to like, no, no, we're just we're trying to be clear. So that's uh, that's amazing. So what can church leaders do? How do we kind of learn uh, to be directed, to be open and to kind of handle conflict rather than just stuffing it down? Well, um, this was part of my own journey. Um, I, I was a, a kind of a recovering indirect person, I guess, when I landed okay. on the East Coast. And that really challenged me to say, okay, well, how do I develop uh, a, a, a direct leadership style? And one, I, I had to re realize that there really are two kinds of direct. Okay. And, and I think that's important for people to understand. Uh, there's bad direct. <laughs> and, and bad direct is what really a lot of people, I'd say probably 90% of people think of it uh, when they think of direct. And it's somebody yelling at them. Okay. Uh, that's how most people have experienced, particularly West Coast people have experienced direct is, wow, uh, things really came to a boiling point. And the first time that I started hearing stuff for real was when somebody is like in my face and yelling at me. This is really uncomfortable. Uh, and, and frankly, that makes people conflict avoidant. It mm -hmm. makes them direct mm -hmm. avoidant because yeah. it's it's uncomfortable. And then there's good direct. And good direct really is uh, about speaking truth in love. Mm. Uh, and, and to me, the best example of this came from the Apostle Paul. Hmm. And if you read his letters, there there's really two things going on. One is, there's no question that it's direct, but look at how he does it, all right? He'll, he'll usually start his letters like, uh, Dear Church that I started, man, I am so glad you're there. Uh, I am so glad that you're on board with Jesus. I am so glad that you're giving it your best effort. I am just really encouraged by you guys. 
he'll start it out that way, and then he'll send six chapters talking about, hey, very directly, this is what's going on. I'm not digging this because of this. You guys are doing this. It's not working because of this. I mean, he is just brutally honest with, with his churches. And then you get to the last part of Paul's letters, and, and, and they close kind of the way they start. You know, guys, I know you got all these problems, but that's okay. That's to be expected. Keep up the good fight, man. When I get out of jail, I'm coming your way. Right. You know, uh, I, it, it, and I just, I really love that because with Paul, one, you, you, the relationship was always, always there. It, it was yep. never a question about the person. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm affirming you. I'm affirming your church. Um, I want to come and hang with you. I want to see you guys. I, I really do have your best interest at heart. And I care with, about you so much that I'm going to take each of these points directly. And I think, you know, he just gives us a, a beautiful way of speaking truth and love to each other, of keeping relationships going when you're, you're talking directly with people. Uh, Can you give me an example of how that might work? So let's say, let's take the example and this wasn't the example of what happened in our church this week, but you know, of say, say you're an executive pastor. A lot of people that listen to the, sh- the, the podcast are executive pastors, senior pastors. And let's say that the student guy or student gal just did something wrong. Now, this is just yeah. theoretical. That just could never happen. But yeah. let's say they, you know, they, they had an event where yeah. just, you know, they, the senior pastor heard something was like, I, I heard you did this crazy thing. How would you suggest applying that kind of approach to, uh, you know, trying to, to be not to not just con, you know avoid the conflict. Sure, sure. Um, well, let me let me just let me give you a, 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 a few thoughts on how to handle that. Exactly. How to develop your your own style. One, um, a good direct conversation uh, starts with intent, and and that actually starts before the conversation. Um, if people know that you have their best interest and the best interest of the organization at heart. They're, they're grown-ups. People sense it. They get it. Right. Uh, they're much more willing to accept what you have to say to them. Mm-hmm. So make sure that, that in all of your dealings with people in advance, they, they know what your intent is. Also, make sure that you have relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, every conversation, every interaction or exchange that we have with somebody, you're either putting a, a deposit into that relationship or you're, you're taking a withdrawal. And that's mm-hmm. everybody... So every day so and before you go in and have that conversation with that minister who's who's maybe a little bit challenged make sure that you've uh, helped them solve a problem make sure that you've asked about their family make sure that, that you've cared for them in some way so that you've put deposits in that relationship so that when you have to sit down and have that difficult conversation right. and that you're speaking with them directly if if that's a withdrawal for them you're still in the positive relational balance um, watch your tone. You realize mm. that as a leader, and I think it's easy for us to forget this sometimes, mm. our words carry a ton of mm. weight. So true. So um, true. I mean, it, it, you know, we, we don't have to yell. We don't have to stand up on chairs. We, we don't have to wave <laughs> our arms around. Okay. Just us saying something carries a ton of weight. So have a calm, friendly, professional, approachable tone when you're sitting down to, to, to speak with that person who, who, uh, uh, you may not be doing everything uh, just the way you want it to do. Preface your comments, okay? Um, start by saying, like Paul does, I really appreciate your work. And, and I know that you're on board because you, you tried that new thing in student ministry. And, and I, man, that's innovative. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got a couple of concerns. Right. <laughs> Would it be all right if I shared those concerns with you? Hmm. Hmm. What I that love does, that. I love that. I love what you've done there. I just want to point that out. 
you've you've started with you know baselining saying like hey i really appreciate what you're doing in the ministry and that's not just you're not just trying to butter people up you're you're trying to say this is what i actually believe this is the foundation of what i believe and then you've asked for permission to share i I love that why why would you do that why is that important well yeah i i um people it's really funny when i um when I started my career, I was a you know a line person, mm-hmm. and I had friends with the line people, and it was um, absolutely amazing how intelligent uh, all of the people around me at the line level were. And then I got into management, and I'm not sure what happened, but it <laughs> felt like everybody on the line level, what are they doing? This is right, crazy. Right. You know, these aren't the, the same people that I knew. Yes. Well, it was just my perspective that had shifted, and I share that with you because. Remember, those line people, the people that you're dealing with, they're smart. Yes. They get it. They're they're emotionally intelligent. And I think sometimes as a leader, because we, we just see so many kind of the dumb things, we start maybe, oh, man, these people really aren't, you know, nobody could be that relationally intelligent and be making mistakes like that. Um, but that's that that's simply not the case. People are smart. They get it. And uh, sorry, I got a little thing on the screen here. Um, they get it. So you need to speak with people. Um, like adults, like grown-ups, with respect, right. they are intelligent. People get it if you're talking down to them. Mm-hmm. So you set the conversation up that way because it immediately says, hey, I know you're smart. I know you get it. I know you have the best will of this organization uh, at heart. It, it recognizes there's a problem, but this isn't a problem with you, and I'm going to respect you as an adult. When you do that, you tend to get a very grown-up answer back. Right. So that's why you set it up that way. Right. Right. Very cool. I think there's a, a couple of other things that you can do when having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, get right to it. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes because we're nice people, we sit around over a cup of coffee and we talk about the dog and we talk about the kids and we talk about you know what, what was on 24 last night or whatever. But... We don't get right to it, and, and that drives people crazy. They know they're in, they know they're having this conversation for a reason. <laughs> right, right. Uh, guys, just just get to it, okay? Right. Um, and frame the conversation when you're having it with common sense. Um, this is something that everybody can relate to. Hey, you you know you went out there and spent all of that money on student ministry, and and I understand why you did it. You wanted to create a special interest, but how would we feel if if that figure was published in the church bulletin? That we got a, a minister that went out and spent all this money this way. What do you guys think? Would you, you know, and, and oh, that kind of makes sense. There's this kind of a common sense thing there. Always kind of bring it back around to the organization, the organization's mission, why other people might see it differently. Uh, and, and the lights tend to come on. And, and the last thing I would say about having that, that difficult, direct conversation mm-hmm. is say everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. Uh, Bill Hybels is a is a great way of explaining this. He says, "Have the last the conversation to the last two percent. It's yeah. always that you know, fifty percent of the stuff's easy to talk about. Another forty percent of the stuff is 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 challenging, but most people are up for it. It's that last two percent. It's right. that thing that's just driving you crazy, uh, probably driving them crazy too. That we're most afraid to talk about. Have it. You know, the conversation. It's it's there. The ball is teed up." The person's in front of you. You've had 98% of this conversation. Don't chicken out on that last 2%. Okay, the the last 2% is important because what it says to the individual is, one, um, I love you enough that we're going to go there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go all the way there. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is when the person walks out 
out of your office after having that conversation, they know this thing's been discussed. Right. There isn't right. another little segment of this that I'm worried is going to come up in another three weeks. Mm -hmm. The air is clear. When you right. do the 100% of the conversation, it clears the air. Uh, has amazing impacts on your relationship with the individual. Um, you know, the the real funny thing about being indirect is we're going to be indirect because we want to spare people's feelings. Mm. But but what's what's odd is it creates grudges. People are are holding on to things. So true. When you're direct with somebody, it seems intuitively that you're going to tick them off. But there's many times the opposite effect, and that is, wow, this guy loves me enough to go 100 percent of the way clear the air, now I've got short accounts with this guy, I know I'm good with this guy, I know where I'm going, and now I'm confident. And, and you have those kind of relationships with people. One, as a leader, it's, it's a great way to be. And it right, strengthens right. your position as a leader, but it, it really promotes relationships with your, your team. Um, and lastly, if you do this with a bunch of people, it has a cumulative effect in the organization. Mm -hmm. And it really, it frees other people up to be direct uh, with each other. Um, and, it, and it really kind of clears the air. It's like, okay, if I got a problem, I know I can go and I can I can talk to Rich about it, and everything's going to be fine. Has a great cumulative effect on the organization. Yeah, we've uh, kind of adopted that, particularly that last two percent in our organization, where when there's a conflict situation, often you'll hear people say like, you know, is there another two percent? Is there anything else that's on the table? Yeah. Let's get it out now. Um, and which, which does have a, you know, I've been in those situations where it really does clear the air and you're like, no, I've said everything there is. There isn't, I don't have this one last thing that I'm holding yeah. on to, um, you know, which can make a huge difference. Uh, Rob, a comment, what about, or a question, you know, what if the situation's reversed? Let's say I'm the person, uh, that's being supervised and my supervisor, you know, they did something that was a bit boneheaded. How does this change or modify? How do you try to be direct with that person? How, how, do, how have you experienced that uh, in your environment? Well, what, what I found is you, you have to be uh, as willing to take it as you are to give it. Okay. Uh, and you have to set the table to allow your folks to be as direct with you as, as you have been with them. Mm. Uh, some of that's implicit. Um, if, if you're modeling directness, they may have an easier time coming at you. But I think as a leader, you need to invite it. And a lot of times in a, in a regular meeting, uh, just a you know, monthly meeting I might have with a staff member, I'll say, hey, uh, listen, um, what can I do to help? Um, is there anything that I can be doing better for you? Uh, you know, do you have any any feedback for me? And I, I try to invite that. Right. Uh, and then when they are direct with me, even if it does kind of cut, um, you know, and sometimes it does, um, I'll just thank the person for you know letting me know where they're at. And right. and this that the, the permission that dynamic that you're talking about is something that's just it's built up over months and years. And right. um, make sure that you're as willing to take it as give it, and invite your people to do it, and eventually they'll become, uh, they'll feel safe and be willing to do it with you. Very cool. Anything else you'd love to share with people uh, before we jump into the lightning round? Uh, well, just one last thought. Yep. Um, this stuff takes courage. Hmm. Um, it is so much easier just to let something ride. You know, you were talking about it earlier, you know, let's just kind of let it ride or, you know, maybe they'll get it on their own or maybe somebody else will say something to them. No, not going to happen. <laughs> it's um, so true. <laughs> You know, guys, uh, have the courage 
to have those direct conversations, it's it's very much worth it. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, welcome to the lightning round, that part of the show where we jump through similar questions that we ask uh, everybody that's on the show today. We have Rob Cizik on the phone. Super excited to have him uh, with us today. Thanks for being here, Rob. Rob, if is there an online resource that you're using these days that you're finding particularly helpful for your ministry? Yeah. Thanks, Rich, and hey, everybody. Yeah, uh, we've got a, a couple of them. Um, at work, uh, we're using Church Community Builder, uh, which is a, a church management database uh, online, all in the cloud. Absolutely loving it. Uh, people can update their own profiles. Uh, fantastic for our small groups ministry, promoting a lot of, of uh, interaction there. Uh, allows us to better manage requests and things as they come through the, the, uh, the church. Uh, just a, a great online resource that, that they've built there. Uh, personally, I'm really enjoying Google Play. Hmm. Uh, it's got a feature that allows you to upload your entire music library to Google servers nice. and then stream it to all of your devices. So I don't have to clog up my phone with a whole bunch of songs. I don't have to clog up my pad. So you know, whether it's an iPad, it's my phone, it's my work computer, it's my home laptop, any of those things, I've got all my music right there. Uh, just brilliant. Um, and probably like a lot of people, I'm really enjoying Dropbox and Evernote. Keep uh, nice. my work documents on, on Dropbox. They're with me everywhere I go. Uh, Evernote, I'm using it to do all of my meeting notes that I keep with me. I'm doing it to do all my, my blog posts. Um, and then it's right there. It's on my tablet. It's on my home computer. It's on my work computer. It's on my phone. Um, and it's, uh, it's fantastic to be able to, to, to have that information with you right away. Some great tools. Very cool. All right. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, six months to a year that's had an impact on your thinking or your ministry? Oh, man. One of the biggies this year for me has been Disciple Shift by mm. Jim Putman. Great book. Uh, bottom line is it's about relational discipleship, which means uh, basically he kind of says, hey, church, uh, if, if all you're doing is giving people biblical education and head knowledge about God, uh, and all you're doing is encouraging them just to serve in the church, you're not going far enough. Right. That you need to actively, proactively be in relationship with people, know their spiritual condition, actively be helping them grow spiritually, be creating relational environments within your church where that can happen. Uh, it's been revolutionary for me, and it's been revolutionary for our church. Very cool. Um, what's another ministry that you, you know, you're looking up to or you look up to and say, like, wow, those, those guys are just doing a great job, kind of inspired by them? Mm. Uh, I, I got two favorites right now. Uh, one is Catalyst, and another is Orange. Oh, great! Uh, Catalyst, just with its uh, heart to equip younger leaders, that's that's very similar to my own heart. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that they do it at the level they do it with with a very high quality of, of both true. presentation and information. And uh, the, the other one I mentioned was Orange. Uh, for many of the same reasons, uh, their student and children's ministry uh, curriculum and support. Uh, the Orange team is one of the hardest working bunch of people that I know. They they have a major conference in Atlanta every year, but then they, they get on airplanes and throughout the year they're they're bringing regional conferences. We we host one here at our church, and then that's how I got, got to know those guys. And their their curriculum is excellent, but their leadership from the top on down is is fantastic. And and I'm just I'm always inspired by the information, the quality, the relationship, the hard work, everything those guys do, just top notch. Very cool. Yeah. I, like I've said this in the past, I think the Orange Conference is a must tend. Um, actually, just this week, we approved, even though it's next April or whenever it is, uh, we approved for our entire ministry, family ministry team to head down there. 
uh, to Atlanta. They're going to do, it's like 20 some odd people going down and they're doing like a road trip thing. I'd highly suggest that uh, for, you know, church leaders. Me too. All right. So if you could get 15 minutes with any uh, leader alive and you could just get 15 minutes with them to kind of drill in a little bit, uh, who would you want to get that time with and why? I love that question. Uh, You know, I'd like 15 minutes of Andy Stanley's time. And here's why. I've noticed that the the people I like like Andy Stanley, hmm. and and it's it's strange because I'll, I'll meet somebody and I think, oh man, I, I just kind of feel a kindred spirit here. And the next thing I, I hear, they've they've got uh, some connection to Andy Stanley. They listen to his podcast. They they worked at North Point one time. That you know whatever. But um, Andy, uh, what I, what I really what would want if I had the time with him, what I would ask him about is. How how have you so uh, prolifically been able to have a positive influence on the greater evangelical church? And, and to me, that's what Andy does. Absolutely. Is, uh, uh, it's hard enough to run a small church. It's harder still to run a mega church. But to be able to run a mega church and have this, this very positive impact that he has... Uh, man, I just, I just find that intriguing, and that's what I'd ask Andy about. Yeah, very yeah. true. You know, they're such an interesting organization, how they've, and Andy's leadership has spawned so much stuff out of North Point. The two organizations you just talked about, Catalyst, Orange, you know, the whole, um, you know, the big stuff camps. There's been so much that's come out of uh, North Point. So that's that's true. That's That's fantastic. All right, so when you're you're not pursuing you know healthy conflict with people and you're just kind of uh, kicking back, you want to have fun, uh, you know, Rob, how, what do you do? How do you just have fun with your your family, friends, that kind of thing? What what do you do for fun? Uh, well, we're here in the Northwest, and uh, I love to. I got a kayak. I love to get out on our waterways. We've got nice. lakes, we've got rivers, we got Puget Sound right here. Uh, real fun to you know to get out there and reconnect and and. For those of you who don't kayak, I highly recommend it. It's not a motorboat. It's very, it's a very still, very peaceful experience. Uh, a great way to connect with God, even uh, in in that there's there's just it's so quiet and you're out in His creation. It's it's a it's just a wonderful thing for me. I love uh, hanging out with my kids. I've got two teenagers. Uh, they're getting. Uh, uh, to the point where they're looking at, at leaving home soon, so I want to make sure I get in a, as much uh, a relationship with them as I can. Uh, and the last thing I really enjoy doing is, is blogging. Um, blogging because I, I enjoy writing. It helps me process my thoughts. Uh, I also feel that I've been blessed to have a lot of leadership experiences in my life, mm-hmm. and a blog is, is one way to be able to share those with others, and, and uh, I, I really enjoy doing that. Very cool. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to check out that blog or get in touch with you and your ministry, how can they do that? Uh, well, easiest thing to do is, is robcizek.com, uh, R-O-B, last name C-I-Z-E-K. I know it's kind of unusual. Sometimes <laughs> I, wish it, I, I wish I had a name like Smith or something, but uh, robcizek.com. I'm going to put up a summary of this conversation on, okay. on how, to, how to develop a direct uh, style on, on my website. So if you're looking for a summary of today's conversation, just just go there. Uh, perfect. I'll link to that as well from on Seminary. So either way, if you if, wherever you heard about this, uh, we'd love to get you connect with Rob. Rob is one of those guys that, I, like I say earlier, follow his blog, follow his on Twitter. He's a great guy, great leader. You're going to want to get to know him. Thanks so much, Rob, for being on the show today. Thanks, Rich. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.